It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight's Sacramento Kings loss was a bad one. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But it's also one of those losses you can just crumple up into a ball, throw over your shoulder, and forget about. Unless it comes back to haunt the Kings in the standings at the end of the season. You're listening to Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season long today, presented by Prize Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKED ON. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News, and I came into the Golden One Center. I'm standing on the floor right now recording this podcast. I did not expect to be talking about a Kings loss tonight. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I should know better having covered the Kings for the last eight years, having been a Kings fan basically my entire life. Maybe I should have known better to come in with that uh, that expectation that the Kings would win. Some of you thought this was a, a trap game. You sniffed it out, and you ended up being right. Under no circumstances did I expect the Kings to lose this game here tonight, especially after their successful 3-3 three and three road trip. We know how good they've been at home this year. I thought this was the perfect opportunity opportunity for Sacramento to build on their at the time 16 and 12 record. Well, the reality is in the NBA, every single team has to be taken seriously. And I don't necessarily think the Kings took the Charlotte Hornets lightly. I also don't think that the Charlotte Hornets record, having the worst record in the NBA coming into this game, is indicative of who they are as a team. You know, Mike Brown said after the game that he thought their record coming in was a bit of fool's gold because that team has not been healthy, they have not been together, and they're more talented than that record suggests. But that's not an excuse for the Sacramento Kings. This is absolutely a game they should have won on paper, in reality, on the floor, and whatever uh, caveat you want to throw into it, the Kings should have defeated the Charlotte Hornets in tonight's game. But I give the Hornets a ton of credit for defeating the Kings 125 to 119. But like I said in the introduction, these bad losses happen. You know, Mike Brown also called it a reality check for the Sacramento Kings. And I asked Coach Brown after the game, like, are reality checks necessary for the journey from becoming a, or to becoming a, a great team in the NBA? And I also asked him about if great teams need reality checks sometimes. And he shared a situation last season with the Golden State Warriors when the Indiana Pacers came in and they were lacking in the majority of their starters and they kicked the Warriors' butts. Reality checks happen. They're necessary. So ultimately, I I think this is one of those games where in the grand scheme of the Kings season, you can just take this game, take this loss, crumple it into a ball, and throw it away. It's a bad loss. It's in many ways an inexcusable loss, but losses like this happen to every team over the course of an 82-game season. That's the mindset that we can have tonight. That's the mindset that we can have tomorrow and feel good about it. However, have this game circled. Remember this game. 
Because when we get to game 80, game 81, game 82, when we are in the final stretch and we're looking at the playoff seating, and I believe it's going to be a tight race in the Western Conference, one game could be the difference between the Kings being a sixth seed and not having to go through the play-in tournament and being a seventh seed and having to play in the play-in tournament. It can make all the difference. This is one of those games that the Kings should have had that you just hope we're not talking about ever again beyond tonight. If we're not talking about this game ever again beyond tonight, then it's fine. That or the Kings are so bad and so out of it that other games were worse than this. Knock on wood, that's not the scenario either. But in reality, like I was going back and forth with some Kings fans on Twitter because I don't think Kings fans are giving the, the Charlotte Hornets enough credit in this game. A lot of them are saying, man, the Kings, they beat themselves. You see how poorly they shot from the free throw line. The Kings beat themselves tonight. The Charlotte Hornets didn't come in and beat the Kings. I completely disagree. I think the Charlotte Hornets came in with the worst record in the NBA on a second night of a back-to-back, -back, and I thought they established themselves. They took control of this game, and for the most part, with the exception of a few stretches here and there, they maintained control of this game for most of the 48 minutes. There was a stretch in the second quarter when the Kings went on a little bit of a run because of DeMontis Sabonis. It started off with a nice Harrison Barnes dunk. Harrison Barnes ended up leaving this game with a calf injury, I believe, or some kind of injury or, uh, to, his, to his leg or something like that. Uh, we'll get more information on that. Uh, and that was a big loss. But Harrison had a big dunk that kind of sparked this 10-0 run when DeMontis Sabonis came back into the game. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. With the exception of really that push, and some moments in the fourth quarter, I thought Charlotte was in control. Actually, also, with the exception of the first two minutes, the Kings came out of the gate looking really, really good. Like, the first two minutes, the Kings were super sharp. They went 4-4 from the field in their first four shots, including 2-2 two of two from three-point range, scored 13 points in a flurry. Charlotte Hornets took timeout. They came out of that timeout. From that point on, the Kings got sloppy, and Charlotte really took control of this game and didn't really give it back, with the exception of, like I said, a couple of stretches. I give the Charlotte Hornets a ton of credit. The free throw shooting was inexcusable for the Kings, absolutely. And those are self-inflicted wounds. The Charlotte Hornets had nothing to do with the Kings going 17 of 31 from the free throw line. Missing 14 free throws, that's inexcusable. You don't deserve to win a game when you miss 14 free throws. And the reality is the Kings, if they hit their free throws, could have won this game. But that's not the reason why the Kings lost this game. And to say the Kings only lost this game because of self-inflicted wounds, the Kings only lost this game because they missed free throws, I think is disingenuous. I don't think it's fair to what the Charlotte Hornets were able to do. I also don't think it's accurate. Like statistically, numbers-wise, you could say you take 14 points here, add 14 points to the Kings score, the Kings win. You could say that in a bunch of different categories on any given night. Free throw shooting was absolutely killer for the Kings. And it would have been a different story, sure, had the Kings made their free throws. But that's not the reason why the Kings lost this game. The Kings lost this game because defensively, they were terrible. They were horrific in this game. They gave up 72 points in the paint, allowed 24 second chance points. Two horrendous defensive stats. And to be honest with you, I think the Kings' perimeter defense is what really let them down tonight. Now, people think perimeter defense, bad perimeter defense, and they think, okay, you're talking about the guards. You're talking about De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk and Kevin Herter. Not necessarily. I don't think they were great. 
by any means. I don't think any really guard did well defensively, but your perimeter defense can collapse because of pick and rolls, because of slip screens, because of dribble handoffs. Like, DeMontis a bonus destroys perimeter defenses because of the way that he plays. And it's not always guards that he abuses. He's usually being guarded by bigs, right? So it's not just a, it's the guards fault type thing, but the Kings were getting beat off the dribble. Guards were getting into the paint at will and either finishing at the paint, paint kicking out to the open man or throwing easy lobs like Kelly Oubre Jr., LaMelo Ball. It didn't matter. Whoever was attacking on the perimeter had their way tonight. And it reminded me a lot of the issues that the Sacramento Kings had perimeter defense-wise last season. Remember Luke Walton's just stay in front of a guy for two dribbles? Remember how pathetic that was that he had to ask that of his perimeter defense? Well, the Kings really struggled to stay in front of guys for two dribbles tonight. I'm not saying now suddenly they're reverting back to the team they were defensively last year. I'm saying the perimeter defense really let them down tonight in ways that we've seen before with certain members of this team in years past. But also, credit to the Charlotte Hornets. They did a really good job keeping the crowd out of this game. The crowd was amazing. For a Monday night, and I know the Kings have been gone for two weeks, but for a Monday night, this place was almost sold out. It was packed. And, I, and I'm telling you, when the Kings were trying to make their push in the fourth quarter and come back into this game, one of the loudest defense chants I have heard in Golden One Center, and I have been to almost every single Kings game inside of this building. I have not heard it that loud. I've not heard a defensive chant that loud my entire time. Maybe it's recency bias because I haven't heard a defensive chant that loud for years because of COVID and things like that. But this crowd was involved when they could be, and they did their best to try and get involved. But the Charlotte Hornets did a really good job of not allowing the Kings to string together stops and not allowing the Kings to string together baskets with the exception of that run they went on in the second quarter. I give credit to the Charlotte Hornets for that. I also give credit to Kelly Oubre Jr. He stepped up in a big way. I mean, he led the Hornets in scoring with 31 points, but he did so with LaMelo Ball, who is the star, who is the leader of the Charlotte Hornets, in foul trouble. LaMelo Ball picked up his third foul with like 10 minutes and some change remaining in the second quarter. Didn't play for the remainder of the half. Only played seven or so minutes in the first half. And the Hornets led at halftime. Now, that's inexcusable by the Kings, in my opinion, but that also has to do with the play of Kelly Oubre Jr., who played pissed off, man. He was tra trash-talking Terrence Davis. He was trash-talking the Kings. He was trash-talking the referees. Kelly Oubre Jr. came into tonight's game with some kind of chip on his shoulder. I don't know if it was the Kings did it. I don't know if he was pissed off because of all the losing. Regardless, it worked for him. And the Hornets set the table perfectly. They have a game where they're not playing necessarily uh, great or they're, I mean, sorry, they have a game where their star is not playing necessarily great because he's in foul trouble. They keep it close or keep a slight lead so that when that star is now out of foul trouble and can step up in clutch time when the game matters most in the fourth quarter, that's where he came alive. Lonzo Ball, or rather LaMelo Ball, excuse me, 16 of his 23 points in the fourth quarter. Huge threes, also finished with 12 assists in this game. Like LaMelo Ball took over in the fourth quarter, his team set him up to be able to do that despite barely playing. I think he scored 20 of his 23 points in the second half. Like Charlotte Hornets deserve a crap ton of credit. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me that the Kings didn't lose because of the free throw shooting, maybe you'll believe Mike Brown because he says basically the exact same things, but he obviously has a higher basketball IQ than I do and puts it a lot better. Take a listen. Yeah, we didn't lose because we didn't make free throws. I mean, obviously, if we had made free throws, we might have stolen the game, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we did not. The way we played, uh, we didn't deserve to win. 
And so, again, I don't blame it. You know, our, our guys may look at it and say, well, we missed free throws. But they, that's not the case when, when if, if you really analyze that game and you see how, um, how we played, especially without a presence defensively the whole game and then allowing guys to drive by us, allowing guys to cut behind us for layups and dunks and not really executing our game plan defensively. Uh, we didn't. Des- we didn't deserve to win. Now, if we would have made free throws, you're right. We probably would have won the game, uh, but uh, it wasn't a loss because of the missed free throws, and that's what I'm disappointed in. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Now, Prize Picks is daily fantasy played the way it was meant to be played. Let's talk about it from an NBA perspective, an NBA standpoint, right? NBA fantasy is my least favorite fantasy, truth be told, out of the three major sports with uh, MLB and NFL because managing lineups can be annoying. Plus, there's the, uh, the, the fact that sometimes your best players simply play less time than your opponents do during a week. Maybe my De'Aaron Fox only plays three times when their LeBron James plays four. That kind of stuff, it makes it very difficult times to win and to enjoy Daily Fantasy. Not to mention there's other ways to play Daily Fantasy NBA, but you're dealing with sharks who do this for a living that simply just go on there and take your money. Well, Price Picks removes all of that. What Price Picks does, you pick two to five players, or rather two to six players, excuse me, and if they will score more or less than their Price Picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NBA, NFL, MLB, basketball, uh, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. So many available for all of your sports interests. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and they offer safe and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So download Price Picks and give it a try right now. When you sign up, use promo code Locked On, and you will get a uh, 100% instant match of the money that you deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 free. You deposit $20, you get $20 free. Immediately you're making money and use that basketball IQ of yours to make more money at prize picks. Daily fantasy the way it was meant to be played. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts across the USA, UK, Canada, and Australia. So Turo is essentially like Airbnb or Verbo, but for cars, you can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, holiday, a Christmas limo maybe, you can get that. You can test drive new electric vehicles that you've had your eye on and see how it fits into your everyday life. Maybe you're just trying to get from point A to point B on your commute and you need an economy vehicle. They have it all at Turbo or Turo rather. Most Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions do apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. De'Aaron Fox stepped up in a major way tonight. In fact, we got about midway through the fourth quarter and I looked up at the scoreboard and I saw he was at 30 points. I was like, holy smokes, De'Aaron's at 30. That speaks to, one, the fact that De'Aaron can glide to 30-point performances really when he wants to. He never really was in takeover mode in this game at any point. He spread out his scoring across four quarters. The fourth quarter, though, is really when he got himself going, especially towards the end. He was the Kings' offense in crunch time. 17, 
of his uh, 37 points came in the fourth quarter. He shot 14 of 25 from the field, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. I think that's important to point out because the Kings team as a whole was bad uh, at the free throw line. De'Aaron Fox did miss a couple, still hit 7 of 9 of them, and the majority of those 7 makes came in the fourth quarter when it mattered. Also had 5 rebounds and 2 assists. But here's what's crazy about De'Aaron Fox, and I think people are going to misconstrue this. De'Aaron was a minus 20 in this game. He was the only Kings starter with a negative plus minus. Now, some people who don't like De'Aaron Fox are going to say, see, he was inefficient. Or when he was on the floor, the Sacramento Kings struggled even if he was putting up points. Empty stats, empty numbers, blah, 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 blah. The reason why De'Aaron Fox was minus 20 is because De'Aaron has the responsibility of playing a vast majority of minutes with that second unit. And think about it. DeMontis Sabonis is so essential to this Kings team. We're going to talk about him in a second. DeMontis Sabonis played 40 minutes and 44 seconds of this game. Those other 7 minutes and 20-something seconds, De'Aaron Fox has to be on the floor, and he has to carry the Kings. And we're talking about a completely different player, a completely different position, having to change what he does because DeMontis Sabonis is out of the game. De'Aaron has to go into takeover mode. De'Aaron doesn't do the high post dribble handoffs and post-up moves that DeMontis Sabonis does that the Kings run their offense through and around. De'Aaron has to change things up. So De'Aaron is spending a lot of time on the floor with that second unit, trying to get that second unit going, and you look at the second unit, they struggled this entire game. The Kings' second unit was abused by the Charlotte Hornets in this game. Fox had to spend a majority of his time on the floor with that second unit, and he was the only guy scoring for a portion of time. Now, Malik Monk did get things going a little bit in the two-man game with DeMontis Sabonis when De'Aaron Fox was out of the game in the third and early fourth quarter times. But, or maybe it was the second quarter. Regardless, there was a, there was a stretch where Malik Monk and DeMontis Sabonis started playing off of each other really well. De'Aaron Fox wasn't in the game at that point. The Kings went on a nice run at that point, started putting up some points and built their own small lead. None of that goes towards De'Aaron Fox's plus-minus because he's getting rest during that time. Why is he resting then? Because when DeMontis Sabonis comes out of the game and other non-scoring second-unit players come in, De'Aaron is expected to go out with them. He played a lot of time next to Davion Mitchell in this game. So don't look at the minus 20 and judge De'Aaron Fox's performance on that. Could De'Aaron have been better? Absolutely. Defensively, I think he struggled. He really struggled to stay in front of LaMelo Ball. Now, LaMelo Ball also really struggled to stay in front of him. De'Aaron also did a good job getting LaMelo Ball in foul trouble, and unfortunately, the Kings as a team couldn't take advantage of that. But, I mean, anytime you can get 37 points out of De'Aaron Fox, you really should be winning that game. Anytime you're scoring 119 points, you really should be winning that game. And it was the Kings' defense, more than the free throw shooting, that let them down. DeMontis Sabonis is a beast. Like, we already know this. I mean, that's like saying the sky is blue. DeMontis Sabonis, 28 points. 12 of 19 shooting from the field, 19 field goal attempts. You know I love that. I've been asking for more field goals from, from Sabonis. 23 rebounds. I think he had 16 of them at halftime. He had nine of them at the end of the first quarter. Also seven assists, like I mentioned. Played 40 minutes and 44 seconds. I've called DeMontis Sabonis the foundation of the Kings offense. I've called DeMontis Sabonis the anchor of the Kings defensively. This speaks to everything that I'm talking about. When Sabonis is in the game, good things happen. When Sabonis came out of the game, especially late in the first quarter and early on in the second quarter, the Charlotte Hornets build up a double-digit lead, a 10-point lead. Sabonis came back into the game, the Kings immediately go on a 10-0 run. That's not a coincidence. The Kings are absolutely at their best when Sabonis is on the floor. That's not a crazy hot take. You would expect the Kings to be at their best when they're all-star and second-best player, if you consider him the second-best player. 
is, is out there on the floor. That's the way it should be. But Sabonis is so essential to every single thing that the Kings do on both sides of the floor that when he is out of the game, the Kings are completely a different team. And that is an issue that Mike Brown needs to figure out. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. The Kings have a backup center problem. We saw Namias Keita get some opportunity. He didn't do much. No Chemezi Metu. No Rashawn Holmes. Mike Brown spoke after the game about his search for that backup center and spoke about why Rashawn Holmes is not or hasn't been getting too much opportunity. What he saw Rashawn from Rashawn at the beginning of the season that caused him to fall out of the rotation. You're going to hear all of that in the next segment. But first, let me tell you about ExpressVPN. We all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But there's something that you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to your entertainment advantage to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world. A Net or ExpressVPN allows you to binge like The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do. You can sign into Netflix, fire up ExpressVPN's app, change your location to the UK, refresh, uh, refresh Netflix, and that's it. You can do it for Hulu. You can do it for Peacock. You can do it for all of those different streaming services that maybe offer different content in different regions and in different countries. It lets you control where you want sites to think that you're located. And you can choose from almost 100 different countries so just imagine all the netflix libraries that you can go through but it's not just netflix like i said bbc iplayer youtube hulu you name it you can use it on that there are hundreds of vpns out there but the reason that i choose to use expressvpn is to watch those shows because one it's ridiculously fast but i really have loved how much expressvpn protects my internet privacy and protects my internet traffic. It also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want to on the big screen or on the go. If you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can even get three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on, expressvpn.com slash locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Kings have a backup center problem. That's evident by the fact that DeMontis Abonis is playing so many minutes and has been playing so many minutes recently. What's interesting is they didn't have this problem that long ago earlier in the season when they were winning, right? And this speaks to the adjustments that other teams are making. They know that when DeMontis Sabonis is out of the game, when he gets those breathers, that's when they can really attack and take advantage. Teams are picking up on the fact, and it's pretty easy to see how important DeMontis Sabonis is to the success of the Sacramento Kings. So right now, Mike Brown is having a hard time adjusting to the adjustments he's facing, finding out who can come in and give Sabonis the rest that he needs. Because here's the reality. As great as it is for Sabonis to play 40 minutes and 44 seconds and the ridiculous numbers that he can put up with all that playing time, if you do that all season long, you're going to run Sabonis into the ground. And if DeMontis Sabonis gets hurt, this team is dead in the water. Dead in the water. They can survive a little bit without De'Aaron Fox. They cannot survive without DeMontis Sabonis. Maybe for long, maybe a game, maybe one or two games, they could survive without DeMontis Sabonis. But 
for a week, for two weeks, you're talking about what the Warriors are dealing with without Steph Curry. It's that big of a loss for the Kings. So Mike Brown needs to find this backup center. He might not even be on the roster right now, but right now, Namias Keita is getting a look. And Keita played seven or so minutes, all the minutes that DeMontis Sabonis wasn't in the game. Uh, finished with two points, four rebounds, and a block in seven minutes. I thought Namias Keita provided really good energy. I thought he uh, he was trying to block every single shot, which I like. Now, I also know leaving your feet and trying to block shots when you can't reach them puts you in a uh, disadvantaged position to actually secure a rebound. So I know there's a give or take to it, but I'm a fan of block shots. So I'm glad Cato was trying to use every bit of his seven foot frame to try and go up and block shots and did have one pretty nasty block uh, that the crowd reacted to. But you can also see with Cato the way he plays, he's got a long way to go. So Mike Brown is workshopping. He's trying to find his backup center and he spoke very openly about this and about why Rashawn Holmes uh, had a long leash before and right now. Hey coach, you talk about finding that consistency with that backup center. Um, is there a particular reason why Rashawn Holmes hasn't gone on like a longer leash this season? Uh, he's going to get an opportunity. You know, he, he, he had a pretty long leash. Um, I think he played, I don't know how many, I know it was over 100 minutes to start the season. And uh, there were some things that I, were, that I was looking at that um, I wanted to see, uh, to where I wanted to see something different there. Uh, I thought Mezzi was good to start, uh, but, you know, again, uh, trying to sustain uh, the level that he was playing at, um, I, I'm not seeing it right now. And so I, I went to Nimi and we give Nimi an opportunity and um, if Nimi doesn't work out, then, you know, I'll go back to, to another guy. So it's, just, it's, it's my decision based on what I'm seeing, you know. Is that practice as well? What's that? Is that also in practice or are you basing this off of, uh, off of games? Uh, we don't have a, a we're, we haven't had a contact practice in a while. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's mainly off of games and, you know, we, a couple of things, you know, we need a presence back there. Um, you know, we, it, that doesn't mean shot blocking presence, just somebody that's going to protect the rim with verticality. Um, you know, we don't need a guy fouling back there. You know, uh, I, you know, I can't think about, you know, double teaming a backup center. And I thought Marvin Bagley kind of had his way with us yesterday, you know. Uh, I, I mentioned the you know quick fouls. You know, if, if I can't have a backup center because Domus is so physical that he's going to foul at times just because how hard he plays and how physical he plays. And you, you know, we can't have guys leading with their hands like if somebody drives leading with your hand and boop whistle. And a minute later, boop whistle. You, know, you get, can't get three, four fouls in a matter of two, three minutes from your backup five. You know, and then our pick and roll coverage has to be better because. Uh, you know, Rashad and Mezzi aren't big, and so they, they have to be on point um, uh, defensively when it comes to the pick-and-roll game. And, uh, you know, those, those are things I'm looking for. And then both those guys, you know, they got, somebody's got to put pressure on the rim. You, you know, we've got to get a guy that's going to roll and put pressure on the rim as a vertical threat. And even if he doesn't get it, it's hard, which is hard, is to roll eight out of ten times because when you roll, if you don't get it, that means either the weak side's pulling in like you know, like we wanted to, or or uh, the big is 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 with them, which means that there's an opportunity for guys to get to the rim and finish, and or 
you know, throw the lob or if a guy's tagging in, uh, spray the ball for a three. So uh, there are some things I can see that I'm looking for that I haven't gotten consistent, or I, I felt I haven't gotten consistently in the back up center spot. Um, and so in the meantime, I'm going to keep searching. Thanks, everyone. Thank, Thank you all. What is your solution to the Kings' backup center issue? Is it Rashawn? Is it Shemezi Metu? Keita? Alex Len? Is it someone who's not on the roster? If so, who is he? And who are you? how are you trading for him? I know some people are saying DeMarcus Cousins, who's a free agent. Who is the solution to the Kings' backup center problem? Let me know. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. We'll be back in this building on Wednesday night. The Lakers come to town for the first time this season. Kings and Lakers in the Golden 1 Center is always an event, so I can't wait for that. If you're going to go to that game, please let me know. We'd love to chat with you uh, before the game or after the game and, and say hi and thank you in person for listening to Locked on Kings. Uh, I'm planning on, as of right now, uh, connecting with the Kamenetsky brothers from the Locked on Lakers podcast and doing a little preview of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings. So assuming we're able to knock that out and get that recorded, I'm currently living with my mother. <laughs> right, it's not a joke. Um, my family and I are, we just moved out of our old house and we have to wait until January to move into our new home. Uh, so we're living with my mom right now. So I don't have any of my podcasting set up. So if I'm able to do podcasts, it's going to be on my laptop and I have no idea if the quality is going to be it's certainly not going to be as good as you expect. So I'll do my best to keep churning out content uh, while I am currently homeless. Uh, but uh, I appreciate your support regardless uh, and can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.